At Qualcomm, we believe in staying connected, and you can see us wherever 5G is helping transform telemedicine, supporting remote education, and powering mobile PCs. The Invention Age is here. Learn more at qualcomm.com slash invention age. say it's going up. So the whole point of today's show, it really doesn't make any difference. You know, if you're truly a good investor, you don't really care if it's going up or down because you can make money going either way. But if you're an average investor, you know, you're going to get screwed. I mean, you're going to lose everything. You know, just recently, Carl Icahn, one of the greatest investors of our time, Basically said, if you have, you don't have, if a, let's say you just have a million dollars in your 401k, get it out, simply because you might lose 40% of it. And if you can't afford to lose 40% of your portfolio, this is not the time to be going long. So it's a very important show, especially for those of you who are wondering, que pasa, man, what is going to happen to the future? What's going on with you, Kim? Well, it's going to be fun because we've got two two stock experts here, and you know, when the economy is going up, everybody gets happy and they see opportunity. But the question is, what happens when the market comes down and how can that actually be a good opportunity for you? That's so, what I want to find out. So, Kim, what's Carl Icahn saying? Because you know what Donald Trump says? If, when he's elected, Carl Icahn is going to be his ambassador to China and Japan. So he must know something. So what's he saying to the well, average guy? Well, I mean, guy? Carl Icahn, he's a billionaire Wall Street guy, billionaire. And he's saying the market's coming down. And he did say specifically, if you are in the market and you cannot afford to lose 30 or 40% of your portfolio, get out and put it in cash. So that's the bad news. Now we have some good news because, look, ladies and gentlemen, when markets come down, it's the best time of all, but not for the average investor. It's the worst time for the average investor. So for those of you who are afraid of losing everything, this is your program. So our two special guests today are Matt Kirkhoff. He's a research director at Dow Theory Letters. He works for one of the most famous guys also, Richard Russell. And I subscribe to Dow Theory Forecast, Richard Russell's paper. And I've met Matt. He's a young guy, and he's very, very smart, very um, articulate, and he knows what he's talking about. And his website is DowTheoryLetters.com. The other stock market advisor is Andy Tanner. He's a rich dad advisor. He's the author of 401 Chaos, simply because 401K is the biggest ripoff this world has ever seen for Americans. And also his other book is a rich dad advisor book, Stock Market Cash Flow. It's basically how you make money from stocks rather than just going long, buying, holding, and praying. And his website is andytanner.com. So anyway, as I said, this market is about to go up or down, you know, and this is going to be a great time for those who are prepared for it. You know, Robert, I just want to say, too, you talked about Carl Icahn. Carl Icahn just released this video, and it's called Danger Ahead. And he said the problems are coming out of Washington and Wall Street, and then what's coming next will be, quote, very dangerous and could be disastrous. Amen, because I wrote a book back in 2000. It's called Rich Dad's Prophecy, and I said the biggest crash was coming in 2016. I also predicted the crash of 2007. And I have a video out on that. It's called The Man Who Could Predict the Future. So 2016 is going to be a disaster. 
for anybody buying the financial planner's uh, mantra, invest for the long term in a well-diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Remember, it's going gonna, it's gonna to go up and down, but just hold and sit tight. So, Andy, what do you think about that BS, that story? <laughs> well, I think it is BS, and I think you're right. If people are uncomfortable about losing money, they shouldn't be in a 401K. There's too much risk, and they can't control it. But we're told the 401K is safe. <laughs> well, safe we're told thing. a lot of things, aren't we? <laughs> well, no, I mean, there's just, I mean, I, I think Matt would agree. Risk is related to control. That, that's the thing I can say. So I ask myself, how much control do I have over the stock market? None. So that's gambling. And that's why. And, simple. and that's why you should read, you know, uh, Dow Theory Letters with Matt Perkoff. Matt is a young guy. He's well-versed, highly educated, and he hangs out with Richard Russell. But the thing I like about Matt is he's very calm. You know, like uh, if there's a presidential candidate that Matt reminds me of, it's Marco Rubio. Calm, articulate, very handsome. You know, he doesn't rile people up like my buddy Trump does. So, Matt, uh, what do you think about a person with a 401k going long, holding for the long term? If you don't have a, an hypothesis on what's going on and the ability to control your investments in sync with that hypothesis, it can be a very dangerous time. And with these 401ks, you know, a lot of these people allocate money to it and they set it and forget it and that's it. And that's a really dangerous position to be in. So Especially Matt, today. So Matt, do you agree with, with Icon that it's gonna be a, it could be dangerous and disastrous? Uh, I agree with a lot of the stuff he said. Uh, the issues he's pointed out in the market, um, I'm not gonna say are revolutionary. These pressures have been building up for some time now. We've been waiting for some type of catalyst to act as a, as a capitulation point, uh, and I think we saw that with the Chinese yuan valuation. But I'm a little bit uh, less scared, I guess, about something major happening. Why, uh, why is that? that you know, as I said, you know, Matt, your name should be Marco Rubio, you know <laughs> what I mean? What? Because I like scaring the crap out of people. I have a good time doing it. Okay? It gets a good reaction. Uh, well, so that? I'm more like Trump. You're Marco. Okay. Why are you scared less? Investors, scared investors don't make good decisions. So as much as we can all try and remain calm and collected, you, you'll, you'll do a lot better moving forward if you can keep a solid mind. Well, there's another, another, another point of view to that, which is the rich dad position, is prepared, be prepared for either direction. For guys like Andy, Kim, and I, we love crashes. Okay. Crashes are the best time to get rich. Right, Andy? Absolutely true. It's exciting if you're on the right side. So it's, it's you know, that's I, why I get all, all excited. You know, I don't, I don't need Viagra. I'm very excited about this crash coming up. <laughs> yeah, I completely agree with you. The, 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 the distribution or the retransfer of wealth happens so much faster during a bear market than a bull market. So if you do catch the right side of it, you can make a fortune. So, so I just want to, so do you think the market's coming down, Mac? Matt doesn't um, say that stuff. He's Marco I, Rubio. I'm I trying to, to tell you. He's a gentleman. Find, what do you see? What do you see in the future? The, uh, Near the future. is going to come down. We are, in the later, we are in the later stages of this economic expansion. Uh, so we may have a year or two ahead of us. But eventually we are going to see a, a large collapse in asset prices. It's natural. It's the boom and bust cycle. Personally, I think that the U.S. economy is doing quite well right now in comparison with the rest of the world. Are you dating Janet I, Yellen or something? I mean, give me a break here. <laughs> <laughs> That's a first. <laughs> the U.S. economy is doing well. The American consumer, um, by most metrics, is actually the healthiest they've been in a long time. 
And so we're facing some major global headwinds, but a lot of people don't realize how truly domestically oriented the U.S. economy is. And so uh, that has momentum in the economy has, has a characteristic of continuing and slowing over time. It doesn't fall off a rock. God, so that's such bad news. I think the economy is going to be able to sustain it for a little while longer. Well, my prediction is 2016, and Matt, I called that you know before the year 2000, so my predictions have been pretty hot. And I, I, I didn't think I'd be this accurate at 2016, but there is something happening in 2016 that Andy is very in tune with, which is why he wrote the book 401 Chaos, is that there's a flaw in the 401k plan, right, Andy? Yeah, it's huge. I mean, it's designed as people get older to pull their money out of the stock market. It's the law. You know, when they hit age 70 and a half, there's a mandate. It's a mandatory distribution. So what's funny is with Obamacare, they're forcing you to buy stuff you don't want to buy. With the 401k, they're going to force you to liquidate stuff whether you want to or not. So it's, so it's a demographic issue. We have 80, let's say 80 million Americans, some with 401ks. And in 2016, they hit 20, they hit 70 and a half. And that triggers this law inside the 401k plan. They've got to start selling. So even so, we, when you have let's say 50 to 80 million people selling, it's tough for it to keep going up, even in a good economy, right? Right, Andy? That's exactly right. And and that's just one possible factor. I mean, there's a lot of things other than that, but. You're right. That demographic helps us see the future because we know that they'll get older. That's not a question at all. And, and when they pull money out, isn't their financial planner going to say, we'll take that money and put it back in the stock market? Well, generally, no. I mean, the, the and I'd like to hear Matt on this. Generally, when you get older, people think that, that equities of the stock market are too risky. So what they really do is they, they say, well, why don't you shift to debt? Problem is, there's no yield or liquidity in debt. What do you mean when bond, you say bond when you market, say shift, bond market? Okay, bonds. Okay. Yeah, they're going to buy bonds. So the question is, is when you pull it out, you know, where do you put it? And even if the law wasn't there, you know, people as they age, their financial planners encourage them to get out of the stock market because it's too risky at that age. Well, if you have a big crash, how are you going to get it back? And there's something else that Matt, you know, Matt is really good at is the psychology of market participants. The greatest fear amongst baby boomers right now is not that they'll die poor. Their greatest fear is that they'll live, they'll be alive without money. You know what I mean? In other words, mm-hmm. they, they'll be a bag man or bag woman with their shopping cart on the street. Right, Andy? Right. I mean, that's the biggest fear right there. Yeah. It's not that you're, you're poor. It's that you don't, you're alive without money. And that's mm-hmm. what's going to cause, in my opinion, that's why I wrote Rich Dad's Prophecy, predicting 2016, once they realize that the baby boomers must exit at 70 and a half, the reality will set in that I better get out now. It's not because they like stocks or bonds and all this stuff. Is they don't want to be a bag woman or bag lady. And you look at, you know, Kim and I just came back from Hawaii. Hawaii now has the largest population of homeless people. I mean, it is such a problem. They're getting bulldozers and pushing them off the, off the street. And California has the largest population of poor people. For the poor man who's sitting there, what am I going to do? But then there's Andy Tanner, our rich dad advisor on paper assets, who says, hey, if the market's coming down, there's a way to make a lot of money. And that's why we've got him on the show, because he's going to tell you why a crashing market could be a great opportunity for you. And uh, and, and also, Andy wrote the book, The 401 Chaos, and I wrote Rich Dad's Prophecies, and then 2016 was a year. And the reason 2016 is a year 
That's the first year, the first of 70 to 80 million baby boomers turn 70 and a half, and they must start exiting the stock market. So with that, we have Matt Kirkhoff, who's a research director at Dow Theory Letters. So, so Matt, let me ask you. So, you know, these baby boomers are going to be pulling their money out. Uh, what, what do you see the scenario? How do you see that unfolding? Sure. So as you guys talked about in the last segment, you know, people are more and more nervous about outliving their wealth. And as a result, they tend to cut back on spending with an emphasis on saving and investing. So it's, it's a very great point that, you know, in 2016, we're going to start to see money forced out of the market. But you have to ask yourself the question, where's that money going to go? What else is there to invest in at the moment? So bonds right now, the debt markets are arguably in as big of, if not a bigger bubble than stocks are. So there's potentially a lot of downside in bond prices right now. We've actually seen a little bit of it over the past couple of months. Now, it's very difficult to say that these people are going to take their money and spend it and keep it out of the stock market. So while a lot of money will be exiting, some of that will come back in. And at the same time, for example, right now we're seeing still tremendous job growth. So we're having more people earn money and actually sort of buffer tremendous some of those job, losses. Tremendous job growth? Well, you know, mm-hmm. you know um, Matt, you know, the, there's more people being laid off. Look, look at what happened with Caterpillar. They're going to lay off 5000 this month. They're going to lay off 15000 next year. And that means the emerging markets are crashing. How can they be job Very crushed? true. But that's, and even that's, Jenny- one sector, that's one sector of the economy. And if you look at the broad economy, we're still seeing jobless claims at historical lows. But you don't believe the government, do you? And I, mean, e- I mean, even Janet Yellen said that the, the key will be <laughs> attracting people back into jobs and, and creating employment because it's not there oh, right now. But it's not absolutely. there. She's saying it's not there. But the real well, she's she's saying it's not robust. We're, we've seen a lot of job growth. There's more more people are employed in the in the U.S. right now than ever before in history. Yeah, full, full, full time, full time, and and part time, and well, what, that's because <laughs> that's because that's, that's because different. they aberrate the numbers. What, what do you mean, Andy? There's no wages. Well, Janet Yellen, she'll she'll herself even admit that it, while there's there's uh, employment, people aren't making any money. She says, "Yeah, there's there's jobs, but even the jobs that are there, they don't pay like they used to." And and, and let, let me add this no to wage let me add this no let me add this to everything, everything that uh, Janet Yellen and those guys say is that it's, they've changed how they define unemployed. Yeah. Today, if you have a job for one day, you're employed. It's how they rate unemployment. So it depends on how you define an employed versus an unemployed person. And that's my concern by saying, when every time I hear Janet Yellen, I don't believe a word she says. I think she's worse than Hillary Clinton. That's, that's what I want to listen to. Him. So Matt, continue on. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's a good friend of ours. And this is how we talk when we're together anyway. So. You know, if, no, if you good. only I, have I like, one like opinion, you know, better. then you don't have two sides of the coin. And what Matt does is he brings a different side of the coin, and, and that's where intelligence is. The bigger picture, though, is not about, you know, us sitting here predicting. It's about preparation. Right. Look, maybe Robert's right. Maybe it goes down in 16. Maybe he's wrong. But the fact of the matter is... Is there a possibility of both, and am I prepared for both scenarios? And yeah. That's the big picture so, I and, see. You know, Andy, I, I got to be prepared for this. There's enough yeah, and, out and, there. Andy, that Andy, 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 let Matt speak. <laughs> yeah, Andy. <laughs> we all want to jump no, in here. We'll call. That's, it, we'll, that's a fantastic point. And you know, we started this this show by talking about Carl Icahn. And if we look at how he's setting up his financial investments, 
you can get you can get a feel for for this idea of and being what, able to sort of control both sides of the equation. And what's he Carl doing? Icahn, even even with all his bare statements, he has not sold all his positions in the stock market. Yeah, he's but, still, he, but he's actually still buying. But he's no, but he can hedge his positions. Exactly. You see, that's what we're getting at. He can hedge because he's going to make money. He's the same as what we're saying. He doesn't care which way it goes. But mm-hmm. the average guy has got to care, Matt. That's the difference. The average guy doesn't know how to make money when the market's coming down. Well, I thought that's what we were supposed to teach him. Well, no, but we have to point out the, re- the reason. <laughs> look, what makes a poor man cry is when they miss a great opportunity when the markets crash. You know, because they think it's bad. That's my whole point of view with the Rich Dad Show. I don't care if it goes up or down. You know, like I said, I'm completely out. In May, I I came out. We wrote it from 2009. We made a lot of money. I'm out. I don't want to go back in for a while. But the average guy is still buying the 401k BS about invest for the long term. And Yellen says that, you know, prices are up and this and all that crap, you know, and all this. But they're the ones who are going to lose it. That's my concern. And so, and Andy, so... I'm, an, I'm the average guy out there, and I only know how, mon- how to make money when the stock market comes up. Stock market crashes. What, how do I take advantage of that? Well, like you say, if you don't know how to make money when it goes down, you don't take advantage of it. You know, maybe you go to cash in the panic, and that just causes everyone else you know, to, to panic as well. So if I so was going to prepare. The key is, is, is education. That's the, so that where, where do I start? Where do I start? Look, the, the real reality is if they're in a 401k, they're handcuffed. Oh, there's, oh, yeah, there's no question about that. That's, yeah, what, I'm, I'm that's talking... what they do. That's their mode. That's what they go. Why are they handcuffed into that 401k? Well, first of all, because they have a job. No, no, and no, but they can't they get penalized for coming out. Yeah, yeah, they have a job. They got a 10% penalty if they come out. They, they have taxation when they come out. But a lot of people, as long as they have their job, they don't let them withdraw that. Even when they, as long as they have the job, it's there. Yeah. So, so what if I have stocks? I'm, let's say I'm invested in stocks and the market's coming down. What could I do today so I could understand how to take advantage of that? I well, want to ask Andy first and then I want to ask Matt. Well, we learned how to, we learned how to short. But, Kim, that's a real. Nope. Hey, Andy, chance, fat chance, man. <laughs> you got to give them, we got to <laughs> give them something they can do today. You know, do, you, do, you know, do you know if you short a stock in China, they send you to jail? Yeah, that's the word in China. Yeah. So please yeah. understand, we're just, Andy, we're, we're trying to make people aware of what's going to come, and they can make their own decision. But learning to short, you know, you, you, right now you could be writing naked puts. The average guy has no idea what I just said. Yeah. What's a true. naked put, you know? No, that's it. That's a great point. And 401ks these days have very limited investment options, and they always tend to be on the long side. You're always owning stocks, hoping that they go up. Um, so, so it is very difficult to profit from a falling market in a 401k. And so in many cases, the best you can do is kind of move to the sidelines and just let the losses accumulate without participating in them. Right. Once again, it's Robert Kielsack of the Rich Dad Radio Show, the good news and bad news about money. We're talking to Matt Kirkhoff. He's a research director at Dow Theory Letters. His approach to reading market focuses on understanding the psychology of market participants. And that's what I'm focusing on and anticipating their behavior. His website is DowTheoryLetters.com. I've been subscribing to his newsletter for years. I suggest you do, too. And he's, contributed, he's a contributor at FinancialSense.com. Our other guest is Andy Tanner. He's a rich dad advisor. He's the author of 401 Chaos and stock market cash flow, how you make money in stocks rather than holding, buying, holding, and praying for the long term. And what we're talking today about is, get, get this picture. 
if you look at the Dow, which are 30 stocks, from 19, let's say, 80, 1895 to 2000, it only went up. When you look at the stock market crash of 1929, it was tiny. But today we're at all-time highs, and at 2000 it crashed, 2007 it crashed, and now we're at 2015, going to 2016. And in my book, Rich Dad's Prophecy, I said the stock market was coming down in 2016. Now, I wrote that book probably 17 years ahead of schedule, 18 years ahead of schedule. And I hate to say it, I'm afraid that it might come true. So I'm talking to all of you people out there who you're hoping, you know, you've bought, you drank the Kool-Aid, your financial planner is telling you, don't worry, just sit it out, invest for the long term, because the stock market always returns an 8% per return per year. And if you drank that Kool-Aid, you know, you're probably going to be that poor guy who's crying and then realize that it's really a great time, even if it crashes. That's kind of our message today. So, Matt, let me ask you this. Let's say I'm a financial planner and I come to you and I said, hey, Matt, I want you to invest in a 401k. I want you to bet your whole life on it and you're a young guy on it because the stock market always goes up 8% per year. What would you say to your me as your financial planner? I would tell you you are out of your mind. But isn't that what a lot of people are doing? They bought, they bought, they drank the Kool-Aid? Oh, uh, yes. There's a lot of people drinking that Kool-Aid. So that's it, what we want to know because you're more level-headed than Andy Kim or I. You know, I can't wait. That's arguable. I can't wait for this baby to crash. Unfortunately, I feel for those when it crashes. Like in 2007 when it came down, Kim and I made so much money. It was incredible. So what would you say to somebody? Because, Matt, you're much more level-headed you're more the Marco Rubio on the stage, and I'm Donald Trump. So what would you say to the Marco Rubio fans? Uh, the Rubio fans. Well, we've covered a lot of ground today. We know that this sort of investing on autopilot is a really bad idea over the long run. We have these giant market crashes, and so one of the best things investors can do is not buy into this paradigm that's being sold to the public. We've got to educate ourselves. We've got to be able to make our own calls on the market, and we've got to be able to understand how to profit based on different conditions. That's great and advice. We, and then tell me, who should subscribe to Dow Theory Letters? I mean, I, that's a great – I subscribe. That's why you're on my program. <laughs> well, every, everyone, of course. But, uh, no, we tend, to, uh, we tend to focus on the equity market. So if you are interested in trying to figure out whether the stock market is going up or down, whether this is a correction or the beginning of a new you know, financial crisis, we discuss that uh, through our team of analysts on almost a daily basis. Right. And that's the most important thing because Matt and uh, Richard Russell, tremendous respect for him and his family, they don't sit there with drinking the Kool-Aid stuff. They will call it as they see it because it's changing so fast right now. And once again, I you know wrote a book called Rich Dad's Prophecy, and it said the biggest crash was coming in 2016. I also said there was a crash coming prior to that. That came in 2007 when the Dow reversed direction in the year in October 2007, and it led to the biggest financial disaster in history. And the problem is we haven't learned our lessons. I saw I saw Ben Bernanke, former Fed chairman. He says, "Yes, we're much better off today." I'm going, "You got to be kidding me." You know, what they don't tell you is that derivatives were only $700 trillion in the crash of 2007. Today, derivatives are $1.2 quadrillion. On top of that, in, 19, in 2016, the first baby boomers start to withdraw from their 401ks. At 17 and a half, the 401k requires people to withdraw their money. So how can the market keep going up when the oldest and largest generation so far 
is withdrawing their money. So for the idea of buying and holding and praying, investing for the long term in a well-diversified portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds, to me is bad, a bad advice. There's a lot of poor people who will be crying, but you don't have to. You see, in a market crash is really the best time. So that's kind of the gist of this. You know, we can't teach you this in one session, but I just want you to wake you up, you know, start you up, say maybe I better start learning something. Right, Kim? Yeah, absolutely, because we're talking about how a crashing economy can be a good opportunity for you. And I just want to say this, because Andy talks about the education. So the people who, and Andy and Matt jump in anytime, the people who make money in the stock market, when the market's coming down, they hedge their positions, they short their stock, they use put options, call options. And if you don't understand those words, or you're not willing to put in the time to educate yourself and learn about them, how to use them, you should probably get out of the market. Is that is that fair assumption, Andy and Matt? Well, that's the best way you could put it. There are so many opportunities beyond the scope of a radio show that you can learn to exploit these things. And they're things that the average guy actually has access to. You don't have to be a caller icon or a, or a Warren Buffett to do them. But you hit it right on the head, Kim. If they don't know the jargon, if you don't know uh, the language then uh, the best thing to do is just you know, cross your fingers and probably get out. You know, one more thing. The 401K, try to think of an investment that more people participate in that they know less about. Yeah, no you kidding. Know, you don't get that in real estate and business because you get killed faster. So one of the problems is, is people are involved in something they don't know very much about. Thanks. And now I'm going to hear from Matt Kirkhoff. Like I said, he is the more, he is, he's formally trained. He's a very smart young man. And uh, he has a more stable or, you know, academic approach to it. So what do you think, Matt? What would you say to an old guy? Let's say they're 45, 50 years old. They put all, they've had all their money sitting in a 401k going long the market. What would you say to them? Well, I would say be careful. You know, cash has always over the years been down talked a lot because it doesn't provide a return. Uh, you're losing value, purchasing value to inflation. But you have to realize that Cash, even if it's earning 0%, can be a fantastic investment if the markets are collapsing. 0% is better than minus 10% or minus 20%. So cash can be a safe location to be for those people that don't understand some of those terms we were just talking about. And that's what I want to want you guys to hear. you got to be careful whose advice you're buying. For example, Tony Robbins' new book, Billionaire, he comes out and he talks about how billionaires do stuff, but they, they introduce Charles Schwab, and what Charles Schwab recommends is buying Charles Schwab accounts. Now, <laughs> Charles Schwab didn't come a, become a billionaire buying Charles Schwab's stocks, and so and then Tony recommends that you invest in his son's fund. It's the same, and all these guys, um, David Bach, you know, he, they they tell you why you should invest with them, and then they put you into a fund. And the fund's good for the middle class people, but the funds may not make the next turn. That's the problem. And I just want to say that you know, we're not endorsing the Dow Theory letter, but our job is to bring you resources, and then you can choose whether to invest. But So the, the point here is you want to invest with people who do not are not trying to sell you yes. an investment. Yes. The other guy is uh, Richard, I mean, Mr. Doman, Bert Doman, and the Wellington letter. I love the Wellington letter. I, I get the Russell Report all the time so I can stay up-to-date, minute-to-minute. What do you think about that, Andy? We, we have to have information, you know, and it helps us make better decisions. I like what Matt does because it's very concise. Uh, the it's Dow simple. Theory letter goes through all the different types of the market. 
and I subscribe to it as well. And I, and also, Andy, your website is Andy Tanner, T-A-N-N-E-R, AndyTanner.com, because you're a wealth of information as well. And, and Robert, I just want to ask a question, because you made this comment earlier that when the last market crash happened, we made a lot of money. And a lot of people assume, oh, you made money in the stock market. But that's not where we made our money when the stock market crashed. No, it wasn't real estate. You know, it, you know the real estate market was two, 2007. It wasn't really wasn't really the mortgage. It was the derivative market crash. But we knew it was coming. When it crashed, we just waited for all to settle out. We bought a hotel, two hotels, no, one hotel, no, two, hotels two hotels, five golf courses, 10,000 apartment houses, and and we made a fortune because they were giving away the best investment for the guys who didn't have cash. So that's how you make money. Poor men were going, well, how come I didn't invest when it crashed? And that's what we're trying to say, that you're poor because you don't take advantage of the best time to buy something. And so there's a lot of opportunities when the stock market crashes, but it may not be in the stock market. you got to look at what's going on around you. Is that correct, Andy or Matt? Well, yeah. Can I elaborate on that a little bit? Yeah, that's please. A great, that's a great point. You know, we do go through these boom and busts, and one of the critical things is people have a tendency to, to be able to spot when asset prices are cheap, but one of the big problems is they couldn't anticipate it, so they didn't raise any cash. So they don't have any cash available to actually put back into real estate or the market when things actually hit lows. Or they don't have knowledge. So, they don't have knowledge. You know, they don't know how if, if a cheap stock is a cheap stock or a great stock. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. or a great piece of property is a great property or a bad piece of property. No, that's and, really and that's where, you know, listening to you guys or, or, you know, following Andy, you can follow some of these guys that do track the markets every day, and they will they will help present that picture as long as you're talking to the right people. Once again, it's Robert Kiyosaki, the Rich Dad Radio Show. We're talking to Matt Kirkhoff, Research Director at Dow Theory Letters. His website is DowTheoryLetters.com. He's contributed at FinancialSense.com. Also, Andy Tanner's Rich Dad Advisor. He's the author of 401 Chaos and stock market cash flow, how you make money with cash flow. You don't have to invest for the long term in a mutual fund. And his website is andytenner.com. And once again, we are a financial education company. We don't sell stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. In fact, when Rich Dad first started off, remember, Kim, I was offered $4 million to endorse <laughs> mutual funds. In Japan. In Japan. And I said, I just can't do that, you know. I'm like, I'm like have you read any of our books? <laughs> Anything? <laughs> I mean that would be the that would be the ultimate. And the average, uh, per, average person doesn't know what's wrong with a mutual fund. The big there's two things wrong with them. First of all, you don't make money <laughs> because the fees they they fee you to death. In other words, you got a fee for this. It's like checking into a hospital. You know they charge you ten dollars for aspirin. And the, the the second reason the mutual fund's not good is you have to follow a formula. In other words, if the mutual fund's buying puppies and puppy the puppy market starts to crash and the cat market is really coming up, kitten market, they can't take you out of puppies and put you into kittens. You know? <laughs> There's a good visual. So you have to sit there and ride out with these stupid puppies, and all of a sudden all these puppies that nobody wants. So really, you've really got to get educated on, on just the bigger picture. So, Andy, what, what else is about the 401K can don't I, you like? Can I, just, can I just jump in for one second? I just want to get back. Matt was, I wanted Matt to finish a point because – um, he said a lot of times when the markets crash, people you, – Robert's saying that you don't have the education, which most people don't have the financial education, but you all said they don't have the money. So is there a solution for that? Yeah, the solution is to obviously educate yourself, but it's also to not invest uh, from a binary perspective. What's that? You should, never be, you should never be fully invested in the market, and in general, you should never be completely out of the market. 
the professional investors and the guys who make money year after year after year will scale into positions and they'll scale out of positions. They see weakness ahead, um, which you could argue, you know, we're at that point now. They're slowly scaling out of the market. They're building up cash on the sidelines, knowing that asset prices are going to be cheaper in the future and then they can pounce. Right. And the difference between stocks and real estate is real estate, we use debt anyway. So we don't really have to save money. We just, we just borrow money. So our guests today are Matt Kirkhoff. He's Research Director of Dow Theory Letters. His approach to reading market forecasts is understanding the psychology of market participants and under, anticipating their, their behavior. His website is DowTheoryLetters.com. And also Andy Tanner is a Rich Dad Advisor. He's a book, author of the book 401 Chaos. He tells you what's wrong with the 401K. But also his Rich Dad Advisor book is Stock Market Cash Flow. And it's really what we're talking about. Markets are going up and down. You can make a lot of cash flow from up and down. Any comments, Kim? No, I, well, that, and that, that was revolutionary when I first heard from Andy about that you could actually make stock, you can make cash flow off of the stock market because I only thought, you know, you make mo money when the stock market goes up. I, I didn't have the education. So I highly, highly recommend uh, the book Stock Market Cash Flow and AndyTanner.com as well as Dow Theory Letters. So we're not going to... Uh, most popular part of our program is called Ask Robert, and you can submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com. So, Melissa, what's the first question? Our first question today comes from Brett in Utah. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He says, you have said repeatedly not to invest in a 401k. What are your thoughts for people who have been with a company for a while and have built up their 401k already? For instance, I have just started researching your program. I've been with my company for five years and have invested since I was employed. What now? I'm not saying don't invest in a 401k. All I'm saying is getting screwed. You know, if you understand that and you like getting screwed, you like horror houses, you'll have a great time in a 401k. But if you really want to understand how a 401k works, that's Andy Tanner's book, 401 Chaos. Also my book, Rich Dad's Prophecy, which is the reason I could predict the stock market crash of 2016 because I understand the 401k. The trouble with 401ks is that, first of all, you don't own the 401k the government does. All you own is a stock are the mutual funds you put in it. If you understand that, you're being really screwed. And so we understand how badly you're being screwed, then you may think, well, maybe I better do something differently. Andy, anything you want to say about Andy, that? Andy, what would you say to Brett? You know, I'd say the same thing. I don't ever tell anyone to pull out of their 401k. That's like going from the frying pan into the fire. Uh, it's just unwise to do. If you Look, it's the cash flow quadrant is another book they should read. Is There's an E for employee, an S for self-employed, a B for business owner, an I for investor. 401ks are designed for people in the E quadrant. So if that's where you want to play, that might be the best you can do. The but if you want to move out of that E quadrant, no, and, 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 not and, it. And nothing, nothing to do with E. The whole point here is this. The 401K is flawed, and they have to understand the flaws. Then they can make that decision. That's all yeah, we're saying. It, well, okay. and it's, it's, it's not designed to make people rich. The flaw is it's designed to make Wall Street rich, Amen. not you. So if you understand that, then you're fine with that. That's like going to a whorehouse, and you actually think she loves you. Next question, Melissa. <laughs> Our next question comes from Francis. Even, even, even Melissa's <laughs> laughing at that one. <laughs> I'm a tough one to follow there. I love you, Joe. I love you, Joe. <laughs> so uh, our next one comes from Francis. Francis lives in the Philippines. Favorite book, Rich Dad Guide to Investing. His question is this. Hi, Robert and Kim. What's your take on the cost averaging method in stock investing? 
Dollar cost averaging is a good formula if you don't know what to do because you're losing money and you, you, you BS yourself. When I bought it at $10. Okay, I thought it would go up. It didn't go up to 10, but it went down to nine. Now it's at seven. Okay, I'm dollar cost averaging. It means I'm actually buying it for less and the averages and all this. And it's okay. I use it sometimes. You know what I mean? You average your losses. In other words, you're averaging yourself as a loser. And I do that sometimes. And the reason we have Matt Kirkhoff, Andy Tanner, and Kim and I is I subscribe to the blood in the th streets theory. It says when there's blood in the streets, I'm very happy. Unfortunately, most people are bleeding. And that's the theme of the show here. So dollar cost averaging works in you know pathetic markets. But really this program is what happens when there's blood in the streets. And that's what I'm predicting. The reason we have Matt Kirkhoff here is because he's more level-headed than I am. So Matt, what do you think about dollar cost averaging versus blood in the streets? You know, dollar cost averaging has been around for a long time. And for some people out there, it may be suitable who, who don't want to pay attention to the markets, who don't want to educate themselves, who don't want to try and take advantage when prices are at you know, bear market bottoms and there is blood in the streets. So like you said, you know, that's an okay strategy uh, for sort of the, the naive investor over the long run. Right. I, I use it at times, you know, it's because I missed I missed the bottom. So it went down lower, so I missed the bottom. But when there's blood, you know there's bottom. That's all I'm saying here. And mm -hmm. this, our whole part of Rich Dad, we don't, we don't sell mutual funds or ETFs and all that stuff. We just want you to think differently. Like, a, like the theme of this show is that when it crashes, there's going to be blood in the streets. Matt doesn't think so. I think so. I think there's already blood now. You know, if you work for Caterpillar, you got blood in the streets. You just lost your job. That's blood. So anyway, this whole point of view is where are you? And it's really a great time also. That's our, our message. Next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Cody in Bakersfield, California. Favorite book, Unfair Advantage. It says, can you explain how the Fed's actions can or will eventually cause the markets to collapse? You've got to understand those monetary and fiscal prop policies. The Fed is monetary. They're printing money right now. They print, they've printed $4 trillion. At the same time in the last month, the world market has lost $18 trillion. That money didn't disappear. It went to somebody else's hands, okay? That money that came out of the market, $18 trillion, if that stock market starts to come down, the Fed may go to monetary policy, which means they're going to print more money to prop the stock market up, which would be called quantitative easing four. Now, Matt doesn't think they're going to do that, my point of view is, what would you do? Do you know what to do just in case the Fed goes to QE4? See, if the Fed prints money, it might be time to get back into the market. But if the Fed doesn't print money, I think the hemorrhaging is going to start, and people, the money, no money is ever lost. You know, when, when this $18 trillion came out of the market, it went to somebody's pocket. Now, it may not have gone to your pocket, but it went to somebody else's pocket. The point with the Fed is you got to watch them because the general rule is, is when they print, you buy stocks. When they stop printing, you sell stocks. Any comments on that, Andy? I think you hit it right in the head with fiscal policy and monetary policy. They don't teach it in school, and if you don't understand that, you're never going to understand why printing money is going to hurt. 
Matt, so what Matt, do you think? Matt, let me ask, because you need the strategy. You need the strategy for if they do print or if they don't print. Now, our friend Richard Duncan, an economist, says they're definitely going to print again to keep the, prop, to keep the economy propped up. And Matt's you know, saying and they're and not going to print. No. Why not? No, I, Why I not? I, I, I don't see another round of QB for two reasons. Uh, one, right now the economy is doing fine. We're facing global headwinds. But in aggregate, we're doing okay. The second reason is that. Hey Matt, hey Matt, what what, what kind of cigarettes are you smoking bit. today? <laughs> Matt, what kind of cigarettes are you smoking? I don't want to mind. Quantitative what? easing did not do much in the past, right? Well, and it kept the stock market up. It, it's, its main goal was to suppress long-term interest rates to fuel credit expansion. But right now, interest rates are back. The ten-year Treasury is close to two percent again today. There's very marginal benefit, if any, to try and push that interest rate even lower. So I don't see QE4. Now, I, I like this, this gentleman's question because, you know, many economists have made the argument that the Fed has killed every economic expansion uh, since post-World War II. And they do it by raising rates too quick and swinging the pendulum too far, slowing the economy too much. So if, if you see a lot of sequential rate hikes, that should be on your radar. So if you're so you're saying there's no QE four, there's no no QE four. Okay, we'll have you back on the program when that we're at QE ten. <laughs> <laughs> you see, this, this is the difference between Matt and I. I don't like to predict. I mean, I will make predictions into the future, but I want to make them out loud like that. You know, the question is, are you prepared for it? That's what I'm saying. If I see the Fed's going to go to QE four, I'll enter the market. If they if the QE4 does not raise the stock market, I'm out and I'm going to be prepared for gold and silver. I mean, I already have my action plan in my head. And that's all we're saying here, because if QE4 does not work and the market crashes, possibly the Fed will go to helicopter money at that point and they will print like crazy. And then gold and silver may go up. But I, I'm already planning they're called contingency plans for what happens. You know, and this is all part of the education because Matt's saying they're not going to print. Um, our friend Richard Duncan, the economist, says they're definitely going to print. So you got to hear both sides, and and there's actually three sides to the coin, as Robert talks about. But you got to listen to both sides, and then you got to figure out what you think is going to happen. Andy, do you really care if it goes up or down and all that stuff? No, I really don't. That's really the message. Don't. That's the message. And why? Who why cares? not? Why not? Because it doesn't matter. Um, look, I can't control whether it goes up or down, but I can control my position, and and that's the key. You know, if you if you understand there's ways to exploit both sides, then why would you care? It's like I say, you know, when there's blood in the streets, unfortunately, it's a lot of good people's blood because they follow the advice of invest for the long term, and in a well diversified portfolio, portfolio of stocks, bonds, and mutual funds. Now, if it doesn't work, they're they're the blood. On the other side of it, that's when I make my money also. Last, next question, Melissa. Our next question comes from Deanna in California. Favorite book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. She says, do you think it is wise to pull out of my 401k plan and invest it in either gold, silver, or real estate? I would say that's the worst possible advice. If you don't know what to do with your money, keep it there. You'll be penalized by taking it out. Andy, any questions on that? Any comments on that? Keep it in if you don't know what to do yeah. with it. Yeah, I mean, and again, it's not about advice. It's about how much you know. Yeah, are you prepared for it? What do yep. you think, Matt? It's too many people look at investing as gambling. You have to have a coherent idea and evidence of why you're going to be correct. You have to have 
a particular market in mind and a direction in that market. Right. So let me ask if you. If you're not to that point, yeah, you're, you're really, you might as well go to Vegas. Right. So, if, so Andy, let's say Deanna decides, yeah, she's going to start learning. She's going to start doing this. Should she continue? And she's, she's going to get educated. She's going to learn how to invest in other things. Should she continue to inv- put money into her 401k while she's getting her education and getting her experience? Well, that's going to be her choice. I mean, I think it, it, there's going to be a period of time. Don't jump out of the frying pan into the fire. It's not during your education; it's after your education. I just I was just Got asked it. this I was just asked this question from a China newsletter, and the guy says, "What do you think about real estate?" I says, "Nothing to do with real estate. It has to do with how good a, how good a real estate investor are you? It's about prices are high." I said, "Relative to what? You know, because right next to our our office building here, there was a property for sale for two million dollars, and I said that property is too high. Today, the W Hotel sits on it, so." For the W Hotel, it was a very low price. For me, it was a very high price. And that's why we say the person with the better plan wins. I understand, Kim. <laughs> yeah. The whole thing here is this. It's, you have to invest in your education, make your own decisions. So thank you all for your questions for Ask Robert. Once again, submit your questions to Ask Robert at richdadradio.com.